Hello, cats and kittens. Um, welcome to a solo shred, a special P. Maddie podcast that um, I put in my schedule. If you put things in your schedule, if you write it in, you're like, okay, Monday at 9 a.m., you're going to do this thing. Monday, November 15th, I'm having morning coffee with my podcast. Oh, Mm. I haven't really had enough of this coffee yet, but I wanted to do, and fully, full well recognizing, I'm not nearly the big enough artist to do this, but when artists like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, George Benson, Meshuggah, these are, those are the three most recent ones that I listen to, where they like talk about their recording, I love it, I'm like, yes, let me listen to that again, dude, the Benson one that just came out, this dude is like 76, He is such a gem, a vestige of a different era of the music business. Hearing him talk about tracks and recordings, oh my God. I can listen to that right now. Just thinking about it, I could put that on. I listened to it so many times. And then the band sounds sick. His band is so grooving. And he just rips and he sings his ass off. He's in his 70s. Well, that's not me. So I released... A little EP of tracks that I did. Oh man, the first one's gonna be the longest. I thought I was gonna talk about the songs, but I feel like I gotta talk about the the who and the why. Welcome to Every Morning with P. Maddie. I got my phone close to me. Some dudes are texting me about the surf, and I got the coffee and the guitar. Usually, I do a little journaling first in the morning. Get the journal out and write my to-do list for the day. The day, really. Then I'll play some guitar, continue to drink coffee. Maybe do a little yoga. Maybe go for a walk. Maybe go teach some guitar lessons. Maybe do a recording. That's about it. And then try to surf as much as possible in there. Maybe I shouldn't hold the guitar. So anyway, this these five songs... During quarantine, my dear friend, my bestest, bestest, bestest friend, Kenny Shaw, was like, dude, let's play tunes. And I was like, yeah, I want to go play some tunes with Kenny Shaw. It was like, we're wearing masks. We're, it was that time period where like I left his rehearsal space and I got in the car and I was like, I think I just risked getting COVID, but I already had had COVID, but it was pre I knew I had antibodies. No one cares about this story. This is going on. But K-Lion said, let's write some tunes. Let's jam. Duo style. And for the record, 100 million years ago, I met Kenny Shaw. Because I knew he was a drummer. And he was like, let's play. Okay, let's play. And then him and I played duo. So this is like, this is like, Pre-D-Bone. He's the one who's like, I know this bass player, D-Bone, and then that's my best friends. And the D-Bone introduced me to Rachel. So my whole my whole worldview comes from that, those three people, really. 
So K-Line and I got together. This was really his idea. I actually was like just drinking a lot and being depressed and being like, fuck music, fuck everybody. It's COVID. Uh, I just want to probably go surf. That's probably literally what I just implied. I'm like, dude, should we go to the beach? Rich, let's go to the beach. Um, the first track that I brought to Kenny... It was called Watch How Easy, which was like my mantra during COVID when we were doing yoga or something hard or cooking some ridiculous thing. I'd be like, watch how easy this shit's going to be. I should have warmed up my voice before this. This has already started so much weirder than I wanted this to be. I apologize. If you've made it this far, you're doing great. I'm going to cut to the chase. So here's the story behind Watch How Easy. I think when you become a veteran musician, you don't know when it happens. And being a sideman musician in New York City is, is a crazy thing and a crazy job. But you get a reputation for being able to do a thing and then people call you, right? And then you get calls and then it kind of like, oh, well, I guess I have gigs now, right? I think I didn't necessarily ever intend for this route per se, but in my mid-20s, I started playing on Bleecker Street regularly. I had a Wednesday night at midnight slot at Kenny's Castaways, and that was my quote-unquote Bleecker Street stripes, where you're entertaining tourists for two hours, and you start to learn how to actually play music on those gigs. And you also start to learn how to play music with people on zero rehearsal. You send here like you're a singer. I know these 10 to 20 tunes. Or I feel like doing these tunes. Can you check these tunes out? You go play the tunes. So as you get older then, right, all of a sudden you become a veteran musician. I don't, I can't point to one moment where I was like, oh, I'm a veteran maybe early to mid 30s, you like slowly become a veteran. And right now I'm a veteran, I'm becoming like a jaded veteran. I'm getting salty, I'm getting older and meaner to younger musicians because I'm like, well, they haven't put in the time. And it's not like time, like you can just go do two hours of learning tunes. It's like you have to go do like two years of getting just morally sabotaged. You know, like you have to come home ruined but then build yourself back up. So the real point is that veteran musicians don't like to rehearse. And I was at a rehearsal for a wedding band and it was half veterans and half other people. And one of the singers was like, watch how easy this shit's gonna be. And that shit resonated with my fucking core. Like if you just, like. <laughs> can't explain to you the fact that you've listened to this tune. I've said, watch how easy this shit's going to be for like two years now. Like so much. I think it in my brain, like I'm pouring netty water. I'm like, watch how easy this shit's going to be. Watch how easy this shit's going to be. So I brought that shit to Lion. It was like just a riff. Watch how easy this shit's going to be. Got that repeats. Wow. 
Watch out, easy this shit's gonna be. My voice isn't ready for that part. Watch how easy this shit's gonna be. Easy. Easy. Um, the only thing I can say about this song, because that's it. You literally just heard the whole song. Now I'm gonna put the whole track up, but is that I wanted it to be, I designed the track to be one minute long. And on the recording, it's actually 107. And that's because of Kenny Shaw again. Uh, he was like, he was like, that tempo is just too fast. So it would have been like, watch how easy this shit's Easy. And it, it like, it was just a little goofy. It was like a chop flex, you know, and they didn't groove. And Kenny's like, ah, let's take it down to like, it was like 101. I think I had it at 104 or 105. So then he became, watch how so it's that's a very strong K Lion thing. Like he he made the tempo groovier. Cause I like up until the last second of dropping it, I was like, dude, we have to speed this up. And then that's that. And then Pat Firth, who I'll talk about soon enough. We'll talk about him in the next thing. Tracked it at the Buddy Project, did all the overdubs at Rockaway Beach. Uh listen to watch how easy this shit's. Gonna be watch how e. It's also a descending A Dorian scale. It's really all it is. Anybody could do it. What? So that's one F sharp. If you're playing piano at home, if you're playing along on keys, it's, it's all the white keys with the F is sharp. Watch how. Check it. Watch how easy this shit's gonna be. Easy. Just quick, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. So, if you have been following my incredible original music career, the past couple years I've been like just getting groups of like three people together, three people I like that I think are cool, great musicians, and good hang. And um, to me, I really, I like obviously. Two people songwriting is a time-tested thing, but then in a band, there's something about threes because it can be two v one, right? So if you have an idea and you're like, "Dude, this is what we got to do," and then the other cats are like, "No way, that's stupid." So two people can vote you down. So 
Three is a really good number for a band, I think. I've worked in trios my whole life. So we're getting different groups of three people together. And then after the, the Brad Meltdown or Juliana duo record, I got obsessed with having a keyboard player, namely Jason Wexler, play bass and keys at the same time. J-Wex was raising children. J-Wex is the producer of this podcast and my dear friend, I was at his house yesterday. And I love you, Jason Wexler. I'm gonna make music with him forever and I'm gonna make music with Pat Firth forever. I'm just gonna make music with everybody forever. That's a goal. Well, forever. Forever is a long time. I'll... Jason lives in Staten Island. Paul lives in, where does he live? Cape Cod. We're gonna do some tracks at the end of January, which I've already started writing for. So these things still go on. But that's the beauty of New York City. You can have sex with one million people. You can play music with one million people. Whatever it is you wanna do, there's one million people here to do it with. That's why you gotta come to New York. Damn, fucking love this city. Um, so Kenny and I played these tunes. And then I was like, dude, I think we should get Pat. Cause I was hanging out with Pat, the genius, the God all the time. He's my quarantine buddy. Like literally multiple times a week. I'm like, Pat, what are you doing? Let's surf, we'd surf. And Pat is in Secret Famous. He has his own episode. And Pat and I developed together the game, Sako Shred, post surf sessions. We'd come in, maybe hang with Rach or whoever was on the beach have a beer, have weirdo Japanese snacks, sit on the beach and watch the other servers, which is how you learn a lot. You learn a lot by watching. And then be like, suck or shred. Because <laughs> similar to music, similar to a lot of things in life, because you can have like a dope guitar and have a dope haircut and a dope amp and then get on stage and literally suck at guitar. And you're like, this guy sucks. Um, and there's a similar concept in the surf if you, a dude looks like a surfer, has a super cool surfboard, even if they're super in shape, you can tell if they're a kook, like by the way they carry the board or by the way they paddle. And then there's like out of shape, old, crusty fucking bald dudes with shitty looking surfboards who fucking rip, who go just rip the shit up. You're like, what the fuck? So the game, I'm not even talking about music at all. I'm still just sitting here talking about surfing, but Sucker Shred came from there. And then that, I think you can, I think you understand the concept of Sucker Shred, right? You look at someone, you're like, try to size them up. They're going to be good, suck, shred. There's really no middle too, right? It's really a binary condition. Yes or no, zero or one. Um, so let's hang out with Pat a bunch. I'm hanging out with Kenny. These are like the first two people I'm seeing. Pat and I are hanging outside. I literally saw Kenny inside. We're wearing fucking masks again. And I'm super thankful to Pat. Because <clears throat> I said to Kenny, and Kenny loves Pat. Pat and Kenny each love each other. They're both the guys that are loved. No one doesn't like those two guys. They're both sick musicians. They're the best hangs. They're both workmanlike and they're just crush they just lay down like crushing shit and they're like yeah i think that'll do and you're like yeah that was pretty sick thank you um 
And so we did all of this, all of the overdubs at Pat. And I, Pat's studio in Rockaway Beach. It's like 116 or 112. Pat, I can't really remember. Somewhere in between those. But I just looked for the Jewish uh, daycare center sign out front. And they're building jetties there as we speak. Pat's on the road right now. I was going to do this with Pat or Kenny, but I'm just doing it alone because I wrote it trying to schedule somebody. Holy shit, is this... Not, see, the coffee's definitely working, but my voice isn't bummed up yet. So, so thank you to Pat. Thank you to Rockaway Beach because there's just totally salty vibes all over this recording. It's dope. And now this phrase is my dear friend. I've been working on this song for a million years. There's a series of songs with things that Chris Anderson says. So this one is like... If you see a very attractive person on the streets of New York, which you will inevitably see a thousand of them, and you'll be like, oh my God. Uh, my friend would go, I feel sorry for them. And you're like, sorry for them? Huh? What? How could you feel sorry for them? Look at them. They get everything they want in life. That's a gorgeous person. They fucking walk into the room and people just say yes. Yes. What did you? Sure. We'll do it for you. And then it's just because they'll never know the love I could make. Them. And I always thought that was a good hook. Instantly, I was like, that's a fucking song. And I think like 10 years ago, I wrote it. Or tried to write it. I didn't write it. And then during quarantine, it's actually, it's almost like a fucking, it's November. It was December. It was after, after Thanksgiving. I was playing this guitar tuned down a whole step. This is in standard tuning right now. I had weird bars of uh, like six in it too when I first wrote it. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Cause weird jazzy chords but now it goes you can't see me right now but I'm holding the pick and weird shit in my hand I'm, 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 I'm inhibiting my own playing anyway that was the hook and um, I've been really into uh, your voice changes your voice gets stronger your voice gets weaker and shit been into singing into the falso It's, uh, it's not a sharp five, it's a sus. And if it sounds like I'm not saying the words, it's actually because I'm just feeling shit in my voice. I'm not actually focused on you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm trying to feel different things in my voice. Anyway, 
That's the hook. That's the premise. Thanks to Chris Anderson for always supplying me with multiple hooks. Thank you to Pat Firth for letting me track. I mean, his whole spirit. I can't. I feel like I haven't crushed on a Pat enough. But we'll get to that because I'd like to get to this next track, which is called I'm Sorry. Because I feel like I appropriately set up. I sing in a falsetto. It's a groover. It morphs. It morphed around. It was hitting hard. It was hitting soft. I think it ended up hitting in a nice, kind of a nice spot. Nice, kind of soulful, little groovy spot. I don't know. You can listen to it now. I'm sorry. And clearly, yeah, I'm not really like the most blue-eyed soul dude, but this, I'm going for it on this track, so please, uh, please stick around. Better, better songs to come. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Sorry. Oh, whoa. Uh, uh dudes, track tree. Track tree on hipster looks at 40. I didn't even talk about the intro. I should have made show notes. God, he's such an idiot. Um, I was just like, I said I'm gonna do this, now I'm gonna do it with no planning. I've been planning it in my head for months. Um, hipster looks at 40, that's just a reference to um, pirate looks at 40. I'm selling. There it is. I could have practiced before this. Mother, mother, ocean. Anyway, that's a dope Jimmy Buffett song, and my family, my dad, and I will sit around at camp, family campfires, and sing that tune. Made enough money to buy my hammer, but I pissed it away so fast that you've seen it all. You've seen it all. That's a good tune. I don't know the words for shit. Clearly, I have to read them, but um, it's a good tune. And I've always joked that I just wanted to go retire in Miami and play Jimmy Buffett songs on the beach. Nah, now I'm a hipster at 40. So that happens. You know, pirate looks at 40, hipster looks at 40. You're like, dude, I should, I should be in some warm climate. Can you imagine the just razzing I give my wife constantly? I was like, can we move? Can we move somewhere warm so I can play guitar on the beach and surf and drink coffee? So the next track is Ratatouille, which I was talking about Pat. <laughs> I think Pat did like, we did like one fucking rehearsal with Pat. Kenny and I did two or three jams over the course of like six months, seriously. And uh, then Pat came in one time and I gave him the four songs. And then Ratatouille, I just told him, I'm going to teach him a song when he gets here. <laughs> and which Ratatouille feels like the example of where sometimes flying by the seat of your pants like really fucking works out. And other times it's just a complete fucking nightmare and the songs suck and it, you should think about shit beforehand. But I just had a hook that sitting with guitar, sitting in the APT, I don't know what the fuck this, it started singing here. You, you keep singing. Wash your body slow 
That's that's probably all I brought to the rehearsal with Pat and Kenny. And I remember Pat. Because Pat and Kenny are, as I just said, they're both so fucking cool and chill with whatever. Pat, I was like, that's all I got. He's like, cool, man. Sounds good. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> he's just like, he's like, I don't know. It's an E. Cool. And then laid down the fucking hottest bass shit. You don't need real bass players. You just need a keyboard player. Which is me really led to my obsession with practicing keys. And now I play key bass and keys in the speakers because of fucking Jason and Pat. Because of fucking how fucking sick and powerful the keyboard is. I mean, guitar, guitar is the king. It's the figurehead. But the owner, the be all, is the queen, is the piano. No questions asked. So that's all there was to that song. It was just, I remember, I think Rachel was out for a walk. And it was like a sunny day, and I was just singing that shit to myself. And then um, I made a conscious decision because I'm old to put like more guitar solo. I barely ever put guitar solos on my shit, and I'm like a fucking guitar player. So that it has like that kind of long Hendrixy. Line, like long, longer Hendrixy guitar solo. This is acoustic. I can't get my hand any higher up there. Um, oh, and then there's the that section, which Rachel wrote the recipe for. I just thought that would be funny because it's like a food song. It's also vegan friendly. Um, uh, Because I like that white boy soul. That's the Hendrixy shit. That's the whole song. There's no fucking point to this song. It's supposed to be some allusion to genitals with fucking... Uh, emojis. It's supposed to be funny and fun. And I love the kitchen. I love hanging out in the fucking kitchen. I, my family's heart center was always the kitchen. And um, I like hanging out in the kitchen. And I remember my dear friend Hannah from high school. We were hanging out in the kitchen when we were like adults. And she's like, I feel like an adult. We're like hanging out in the kitchen like my parents did. And I was like, I don't know. This feels, this feels normal to me to like hang out in the kitchen. Like, I like hanging out in the kitchen. You can have a snack instantaneously. You can wash your hands. You, just, you still have tunes. Uh, I guess in New York, the kitchen and the living room are so intertied. This was in White Plains when the kitchen and the living room were different spots, but... I guess that's that. Fucking Ratatouille. I don't know. This is my favorite track on the album. This is probably the closest to my... Thing as people would think of crazy Paul. This is what Paul does. So yeah, fuck it. It's the rowdiest. It's the most fun. Fuck you guys. Thanks for making it this far. If you're still there, check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, something strange has been happening to me lately. 
When I get text messages and telephone calls and stuff like that, there's only one room I go to to figure this all out. Let's go to the kitchen. You keep sending me peaches. I keep sending you eggplant. Let's get together, baby. And make a rat tattooing. Rat tattooing. Rat tattooing. Rat tattooing. Rat tattooing. Wash your body's now. Wash it with your own. You keep sending me peaches. I keep sending you a plan. Let's get together, baby, and make a rat tattooing. Grab the shaft of the eggplant and slice off the stem. Fondle the baby first, Peach. Feel for the cleft and slice away from the stone. Slather the. That's track three. Now to track four, the serious track. In uh, <clears throat> familiar news, right around this time of year, uh, a, right around this time of year, a year ago, in unfortunate news, my nephew Andrew, who's the beacon of light in our family, the shining star, the one we all love the most. I'm sorry to my other's nephews and nieces and family members, but we all love Andrew the most. Um, <clears throat> got diagnosed with cancer. He has two children. He's in medical school. He's already, he's got a wife, sweet Barb. So it's already, it was just crushing. It was like a super nasty gut punch. And I went down to visit him in March. This is probably why I stopped. This is, this is one of the large factors too of like why I stopped drinking on December 31st. And I have been sober for... 11 months and 15 days because when I heard that diagnosis, when you get really mad and upset about something, I would just drink myself into oblivion. 
I'm looking at Andrew. I have a picture of him as a baby. Like I'm looking at it right now. That's how important he is. And James and Justin and my mom are in that picture, just so you know. So, uh, yeah, it was just fucking Thanksgiving and the holidays. I was getting like brown out drunk and getting sad and super depressed among other factors. But this was one where I was like, man, fuck this. Like my well-being and strength is being wasted by, you know, drinking a bottle of whiskey. So if I remain sober, possibly my strength will translate to Andrew. That's how much I wanted him. And in the great news, right, so far so good. He's doing good. And he's done with the chemo and radiation. He's had the fucking year from hell. And I, uh, I had this amazing yoga teacher. I still love her. It's not like she's not teaching yoga anymore. I just, her name is Liz. And she gives these little themes before class. And it was like January. I hadn't been doing, doing yoga for, I don't know, like six to eight months. And she could sense that I was the shittiest yogi in the class and would always like help me out. And the class was called um, like hope and self-confidence. And after that class, that hook got in my hope. All you need is little hope and self-confidence. got in my head and then I think it sat there for like a year and a half and then Andrew got uh went and the whole family went to Houston for a radiation treatment and uh I went down for a week to visit and you're still teaching like zoom lessons and all that and uh one day when I left him, I just, I went home and I started playing guitar and singing and like all of those kind of words and this whole kind of song came up there. That's the first note. Well, that was not my best singing, but you got the idea. that whole outro pat lays down ridiculous vocals fucking ridiculous keys and so that whole kind of tune came together in houston and i was thinking of those words that liz said i think it applied to andrew 
and I would just wanted to write. P. Manu writes a serious song. It happens. I usually don't release them or something, you know what I mean? Because it is still some sort of like therapeutic thing to write these songs. But I really, I liked that hook and I was like, man, I'm fucking 40. Hipster looks at 40, man. Some people, some, someone somewhere needed to hear this song. That's at least what you tell yourself as a songwriter. Make yourself feel better for your own selfish ways. But um, I hope that someone somewhere heard that too and it was like, yeah, motherfucker. Because when Elizabeth, the yoga teacher, said it, it really resonated with me in a way where I was like, yeah, fuck. I think if that was right. No, it doesn't matter. So anyway, that's the fucking, that's the tune. It's just in G, G major, G major seven. It's kind of got that white boy soul shit going on again, which is obviously a little theme. Even though it's a Jimmy Buffett like reference, all the all the tunes have very uh, expensive chords, if you will. Chords with sevens and nines, and those things, which I do. I love those chords. Which. So. That's that. It's a shout out to my nephew, Andrew, and he's doing better. Thank God. We're all so happy. And it's awesome. And I sent this song to him and it made him cry. And I felt bad about that because I just wanted him to feel happy. But whatever. Andrew, you're the king. We all love you so much. And this song is for you. Self-confidence 
for a P. Maddie. Uh, next track, last track. Last track is kind of the bastard child because it's not like funky. It's a little, it's like more on a fucking, uh, that funky, it's just triads. It doesn't have expensive chords. It's like Fish or Bruce Springsteen or something. Keep the money running. Keep the money running. Keep the money running. Get work, get paid. Keep the money running. The money running, get work, get paid. You gotta work, babe. Cause if you don't, you'll feel like shit. I know it sucks, babe. You can sell your body, you can sell your brain. That's the whole tune. And again, like all of these, it's that little nugget. Literally, I was playing that chord progression. I started singing that pretty simple hook. <clears throat> Keep the I'm on it. And uh, I think I was thinking about as a free lancer, you get to decide, this is like in a, again, probably a reflective COVID time. You get to really decide how much you want to work. Like you can work your fucking ass off like everybody I know in New York does. Or you can really make a conscious decision to work less and have less money and have maybe more time to yourself. We can all do that, right? As a freelancer, you have like just, I have immense control over these decisions. Right, like, fuck your gig. I don't want to do your gig. I don't give a shit about your shit. Fuck your shit. But then you're like, fuck, I got no money. So it's constantly ebbing back and forth. The flood tide, the ebb tide. You got to make the decision. And 
I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know. In all of my songs, I always feel like there's one person I'm writing this song for, like a friend or a person, literally. All, especially even the new songs that I've been working on since Hipster Looks at 40. <clears throat> I've been very, this song is for this person, this song is for this person. I don't know, I find my friends very inspiring and I can like craft a weird little story in my head about that person or homage to these people that I love. That's what inspires me, I think. Because I used to just write, well, whatever, that doesn't matter. So I think I have a couple specific people in mind for this song. What is the, oh, Atlantic City, it's the same. Atlantic City's on the upbeats. But my shit, I actually thought it was gonna be fucking more Weezery. But it didn't, when I brought it to Kenny, I was like, this is gonna be my Weezer song. And it didn't at all uh, transpire to be a Weezer song. It leaned like more country. I think that's the lick, yeah. I think it's even my talent too. And then I wrote the dumb outro, just uh, my friend Seth Andrzejczyk's like, that's the best fish song they never wrote. So it gets pretty fucking fishy in the outro. Goes to some dumb chords. But it was uh, fun to do that solo. Uh, it was a beautiful day and we had surfed too, right before that solo. Dude, Rockaway, the, the Atlantic Ocean is like in this EP with me. I think that's all I have to say. That was a hook. And I always think these are cool when other musicians do them. If three people check this out, that's cool. If you even made it this far, you, that's cool. You shoot me a text or an email or just be like, yeah, I listened to your dumb rambling, riffing thing on Hipster Looks at 40. But who knows, man? It's Who knows? Because I'm saying I would listen to this if I was like doing the dishes or some shit. One of my friends, 100% with that shit, because it'd be fucking awesome. And I got to uh, warm up my voice and my hands a little bit while I recorded this. Well, I'm gonna go write new songs, because in the infinite words of my dear friend Will Farr, you write good tunes, and then you die. And that's what it is. So with those wise words from Will Farr, have a goddamn exceptional uh, week, weekend, day, holiday season. Damn it, dude, we're here staring right at us. Um, it's November 15th, 9.58. Oh, stay sane, stay calm, take deep breaths. We'll all make it through. We'll see you in the new year. Ah!
I'm back. I'm back with Green Tea. I did yoga with Addy T. Online, 10 to 11. It's now 11.29. And I was like, man, I should do a post cap on this already longer than I anticipated uh, thing. So if you've made it this far, hell yeah. It's like three people private now. It'll start with like 100 and with three. Like Instagram stories when you're like, cool, man, those people check. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it wasn't that funny. Um, good yoga class. It was like the Mara yoga class. Addy T was like, I did some cleaning. Now we're going to clean out your hips. Sit in frog pose for five minutes. Now, if you know frog pose, are you fucking serious, dude? I do not have the hips. It was a fucking a hip cleaning, dude. And then I was like, I don't think I gave proper due to the people who helped make this record. That's what I was thinking about. So number one, there's always John Jetter, who has mixed and mastered and worked on everything I've done except for one song. And that one song is Golden Steeds. song. It's like a metal song. It's right when I began my depths of the metal, the ending. There's a lot of verb on this. Anyway, so thank you to John, as usual, always making things sound super 
dope and fresh. And he allowed me to try to change the tempo of watch how easy, but he was like, dude, it sounds fine. My personal Yoda. And then Pat Firth just at the beach, hanging out, playing sucker shred, surfing. He, uh, dude, I didn't get, he wrote lyrics, a lot of them. I should give him credit. A word for a third, dude. I doubt I'm gonna make any money on these, but if I end up making money on these, I'll give Pat money. Uh, he, he also, Pat was really good at just always kind of encouraging the original like vision. He was like, well, swear, say fuck. If you wanna talk about fish, talk about fucking fish. Like to not, to not cheese shit up. He was just like, fuck it, man, do what you're doing, fuck him. Fuck everybody, and I appreciated that sentiment looking back in those moments where you're like making little decisions and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then his vocals, dude, come on. He's an insane vocalist. His vocaling might be better than his piano playing and he's, that's saying something. Just a fun fucking dude to make music with. And then the hero K-Line. I was gonna name this joint Inside the K-Zone. And, and I think on my, um, on my uh, lyric note page on the computer here, it says K-Zone lyrics, which is where I put all these lyrics, so. I don't know, this is a post cap. Again, I, I get, Daryl said you need a post cap. So Daryl, I hope you made it this far because I just put these here for fucking you, dude. I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything, any profound thought. I mean, just go sit in frog pose for five minutes and you'll, you will find God. Uh, so I have found God today already. I think I'm gonna go for a run now. I haven't gone for a run in about 20 years. I go for walks and bike rides. Uh, but we're gonna play soccer on Friday and it's Monday and I figure if I just get the lactic acid built up today, maybe that will make it possible that I'll be able to walk on Saturday. So I was like, what if I just move the fucking old dogs now for a little bit? And then me and D-Bone got talking about doing a triathlon. That would be cool. Not an Ironman, but it would be fun to do one. Uh, it's cold out, but it's a nice day. So go out there, move your fucking body, play some music. Fucking big fucking love, baby. Ooh, ah.